0: This is episode 75 of the Magic Detective Podcast. On this episode, you'll hear about the Houdini Needle Mystery. That and more on this episode of the Magic Detective Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Magic Detective Podcast, your podcast home for magic history. I'm your host, Dean Carnegie. I am the Magic Detective. And this is episode 75. Well, it has been quite a week. This was the week of Houdini's 148th birthday, and I have never seen so many happy birthday wishes on Facebook as I did on his birthday this week. Wow. Seems like every magician came out of the woodwork to post something on Facebook. That's pretty cool. Now, I was attempting to do some cross-promotion this week with my Magic 365 project and the podcast and the blog. First, if you're not familiar with my Magic 365 project, let me share it with you. In the beginning of this year, 2022, I decided to attempt to put up 365 Magic videos in a year. Notice I said attempt. I also did not say I would be doing it daily or anything like that, just 365 videos in a year. And now it appears that maybe that year might stretch a little bit into 2023. <laughs> but I, I've, I've got almost 50 videos up already. and uh, There are short videos, magic videos, trick demonstrations. Some are longer routines, but most are short clips of effects. Uh, where can you find them? Everywhere. I have them posted on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Tumblr, Twitter, and a few other places as well. If you type in hashtag magic365 into Google or Bing, you should be able to find some of the videos somewhere. Now, on Tuesday of this week, I posted a video called The Trick That Fooled Houdini which was a demonstration of the trick that Di Vernon showed Houdini in Chicago back in the 1920s. And I followed the trick with a little bit of history. Then Wednesday, I was down sick with a sinus headache, so uh, there was no video on Wednesday. Thursday, Houdini's actual birthday, I showed an escape from some Hamburgate handcuffs and then showed a little bit of history on the cuffs along with a photo of me in Harry Houdini's own personal set, of Hamburg 8 Cuffs, courtesy of John Hinson. Also on Thursday, I did a second video on Houdini's Vanishing Elephant, kind of. I used an old old silk cabbie to demonstrate what it was like to see Houdini's Vanishing Elephant, and I think it turned out really nicely. Um, But because the video got fewer views because it was later in the day, I held off on posting anything on Friday, letting the Vanishing Elephant video Catch more views. Now all along, I had planned to do a podcast episode, but this is where things got kind of weird. First, I had this brilliant idea of doing a piece on Martin Beck and Houdini, and because there has been some talk over the last couple of years about Martin Beck not actually seeing Houdini in St. Paul at the Beer Garden all those years ago, but instead, instead of it being Beck, it was a scout. And I was kind of leaning that way, so I figured I'd do a podcast about it. And then, imagine my surprise when I found out that I already did a podcast about that. It was episode 32. I listened to episode 32, and honestly, I was shocked. My argument, along with my references and support of the meeting, totally convinced me that indeed they did meet. It was well-researched well put together, and yet, for whatever reason, I totally forgot about it, and it made me realize why so many folks enjoy the podcast, because, you know, frankly, I know I do a ton of research on these things, but, you know, I'm so close to the subject matter that sometimes I don't realize how um, how it comes across, so here's a situation where I completely forgot about the episode, and I'm hearing it fresh for the first time, and it is a revelation, so it was pretty cool. So not to ring my own bell, but I'm ringing my own bell. I thought I was impressed by the own, my own podcast. How about that? So my next idea for a podcast episode was going to be Dr. Samuel Hooker of The Rising Card fame. I wanted to approach it from Houdini's perspective because I know he had seen the effect along with many prominent magicians of the time, but alas, I already did that podcast too. Yeah. Oh, 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 really quick. By the way, I got to do a quick commercial. The Society of American Magicians, in coordination with the Houdini Museum of Scranton, is having a big worldwide Houdini celebration via Zoom on Sunday, March 27th. Today, it's a big 12 hour affair. Here's a question Will I be part of it? Nope. Apparently, somehow, I completely dropped the ball in contacting them. I thought I had, but it's been a very busy couple of weeks, so apparently I didn't, and now I'm left out in the cold, or you can enjoy my podcast today. But uh, please, in either case, please join the celebration if you are able. Now it brings me to today's feature, Houdini and his East Indian Needle Trick. This is something I wrote about on my blog, and I've found a couple more interesting bits of information to add, so now I can put it all together in one place for you to enjoy. Here is today's feature. Let me begin by officially saying I have never done the East Indian Needle Trick. I have attempted to learn it, but the idea of putting needles in my mouth is so frightening to me, I, I just can't get past the fear. Uh, well, the fear of losing one and swallowing it. So it's just not something I can say I've done, though I have played with it, but nothing more. So let's talk about this trick. Where did it originate? Where did Houdini see it? Let's explore. In the book, of Ledger Domain and Diverse Juggling Knacks by John Braun and Ken Klosterman, there's an interesting story related about Houdini and who taught the needle trick to him. The story comes from Di Vernon, and he related the story of a meeting of a gentleman by the name of Howard Hall. Mr. Hall was a play director and script writer and actor. He told Vernon that he taught the needle swallowing trick to Houdini, and he claims Houdini had a heck of a time learning it. That's very interesting, because I never heard that version of the story before. I know that Vernon certainly was no Houdini fan, but he did apparently like Houdini's presentation of the needle trick. And to the idea that Houdini had a heck of a time learning it, again, try putting needles in your mouth and see if you don't have a heck of a time. Patrick Culleton in his book, Houdini the Key, he says Houdini said the trick was dated back to a magician in London, Ramo Sammy, who debuted the trick in the early 1800s. Then the trick was reintroduced to audiences in the later 19th century by Maxie the Needle King. John Mulholland in his book Quicker than the Eye again mentions Ramo Sammy, who he said was a Hindu magician who visited America in 1820 and that's how the trick arrived here. From the book, Houdini, His Life Story by Harold Kellogg, we have this. And this is a quote from Mrs. Houdini. When on the same stage, Houdini would swallow or seem to swallow a large spool full of thread and a dozen packages of needles and would subsequently draw the thread out of his mouth with the needles strung on it at intervals until 200 needles, threaded needles from his mouth were stretched on 100 feet of thread across the stage, That was also a trick and only a trick. I know how it was done. And I was with Houdini when he discovered the germ of it in an old book on magic that he picked up in a second-hand bookshop in London. No visitor from the other world departed that knowledge to him. Then later in the Kellogg book, the same book I just quoted from, we have this statement. Houdini had practiced this trick privately ever since he ran across a description of it in an old volume years before. According to his records, the trick was first introduced in Europe by K. Krauss in 1816. Houdini first saw it in his dime Museum days when he was on the same bill at the Lynn Musi Theater in Lynn, Massachusetts with Maxie the Human Sewing Machine. According to Magic, a Pictorial History of Conjurers in the Theater by David Price, Houdini claimed to have traded the trick with a Hindu performer at the 1893 World's Fair in Chicago. Another gentleman named Henry Gordine from Minneapolis claimed to not only have invented the trick, but also to have taught it to Houdini. And now we have yet another account, this time from author Gary Brown, in the book The Coney Island Faker, The Magical Life of Al Flosso. Apparently, Flosso was aware of Gordine's claim of teaching the trick to Harry, but Flosso refuted the claim. Maxie the Needle King was a sideshow attraction from years ago, and when at Huber's Museum, Houdini saw the needle trick that Maxie did. After that, he had Maxie show it to him. From then on, Houdini did the needles from the mouth. That's where he got it from, according to Al Flosso. Maxie, by the way, was H.C. Maxie, and the H.C. likely stood for Harry Crossland. So who was it? Howard Hall, Henry Gordine, an old book, a Hindu performer at the 1893 World's Fair, Maxie the Needle King? Hmm, I think I'm going with Maxie the Needle King is where Houdini first saw it, and probably where he learned it. He may have found it later in some obscure book, but I'm fairly certain he got it from Maxie. Now, as to the origin, we have the Ramo-Sammy story, we have Henry Gordine's claim to have invented it, then there's this, Long Tack Sam's recollection of the needles. He learned the trick in China and performed it in his vaudeville act for years until Houdini took out a U.S. copyright on the trick, and that prevented everyone in vaudeville from doing the trick. That information comes from the documentary, The Magical Life of Long Tack Sam. So which story is correct? The trick is commonly known as the East Indian Needle Trick, and perhaps it was Ramo Sammy who gave it that title, I think Gene Hugard, writing in his magazine Hugard's Magic Monthly, said it the best. The name of the actual inventor will probably remain unknown forever. Or maybe the trick came from China. Or maybe it was independently developed by several people. We will never know. There's another story I've always loved, and that one is about the young David Bamberg who was visiting Houdini at his home in Harlem when young David Bamberg accidentally stumbled upon what he claimed was the method to the needle trick. I'd say he stumbled upon part of the method, at least. Now, he told his mom about this, and his mom swore, told him to swear never to do the trick. Now let's fast forward to the next part of this story. It was sometime later, Bamberg's an adult, and he's in London. And he met with Will Goldston. Goldston invited him to a meeting of his magic club and even requested that Bamberg perform. He gladly accepted. But then he later realized that he had nothing of value to share, not with a group of fellow magicians who would be more than familiar with the stuff that's in his act. But then he remembered the needle trick from years before. And he remembered that he promised his mom he would never do it. But he figured, well, you know what, that was a long time ago. So he went out and he bought some needles and some thread, and he practiced it, and he got it down. He was very thrilled that night at Goldston's Magician's Club, until that is, until Houdini walked in the door. And Houdini spotted Bamberg immediately and went over to shake his hand. Bamberg felt like his credibility rose several notches, and then he remembered remembered what he had in his pocket to perform that night oh no what to do now while he was busy sweating out his escape plan a commotion started in the back of the room maurice raymond the great raymond was trying to enter the club and houdini would not allow him an altercation came about and it went to blows between the two men goldston tried to intervene and calm things down but the intensity just grew Eventually, Raymond stormed out. Apparently, there was bad blood between the fellow performers, and it had to do with Houdini sending assistance over to one of Raymond's shows years before. Raymond was featuring Escapes, and this irritated Houdini, so he sent his assistants over to Raymond's show to put Buckshot into the keyholes of the handcuffs so that once they were put on, they could not be taken off not without sawing them off, which is what they had to do. Raymond later found out about it, and he found out that Houdini was behind it, and he was determined to one day get even. Anyway, all this commotion at the Magician's Club was such that everyone forgot about Bamberg's upcoming demonstration, and he was off the hook. That story comes from the wonderful book, Illusion Show, by David Bamberg. Now this next article is from the San Francisco Call Newspaper, June twenty fifth, 1899. The headline reads, Weirdest Trick of Chewing Needles Here's a trick that will outrival the most fantastic illusion ever created by the wonderful jugglers of mystical India. Put a handful of needles in your mouth, masticate them thoroughly, swallow them carefully then take a long piece of sewing thread, swallow it judiciously until only a tiny bit of one end remains in the mouth, wait a few minutes, and look wise, then catch the end of the thread with the thumb and finger, and drawing it slowly forth, find all of the needles unbroken and neatly threaded. That seems easy, doesn't it? Of course, you mustn't mind a needle going astray in your system once in a while and floating gradually around to play Cupid's arrow in your heart. Houdini, the wonder, who's been setting the police agog by his remarkable handcuff escapes and a few other hair-raisers, has performed this trick for a private committee of seekers into the mysterious. The whole illusion was accomplished with his audience close around him and in the face of a camera as well, as an instrument not subject to hypnotic influence. The materials were simple and furnished entirely by the audience, and the trick was done with the hands kept on a level with the shoulders and away from the body, thus precluding any palming or getting rid of the needles in the clothes. Houdini takes from the audience any number of needles they see fit, places them in his mouth and proceeds to crunch them, You can hear the steel crush and snap under his iron teeth. A light is held close to his face in order to see that there's nothing there. He opens his mouth and the needles, they're gone. He's then given a long piece of white linen thread, peculiarly knotted specially by some of the committee members for future identification. One end. Of this he places in his mouth and begins swallowing. This operation is continued until only the smallest particle of an end is visible in his throat. Then, with open mouth and in the glare of the bright light, he catches the end of the thread and slowly draws it forth, not only the same knotted thread, but on this thread are strung the identical number and kind of needles given to him by his judges. Of course, it's a mere trick, so says Houdini. But how does he do it? It's claimed by some who profess to know that by filling the stomach with breadstuffs, needles may actually and safely be eaten. And after the trick is over, a little drink of epicac does the rest. But if Houdini does really swallow the needles... How does he manage to palm a reserve supply to say nothing of duplicating a marked string and further bringing up the string with the needles all neatly threaded? That is a remarkable article. Next, we have the famous story by Julius Marks, who is better known as Groucho. Listen close. There were times when I used to wear a mustache, and there were times when I didn't. I got tired of wearing it, and I'd take it off, because if I didn't have a mustache on, people didn't bother me in the street. Then one night I went to the Winter Garden, and Houdini was there, and I was Sand's mustache. That means without. Gotta watch yourself at the Winter Garden. Anyway, I'm sitting in the second row, and Houdini is now doing a trick. He would take some needles, and he would put them in his mouth, and a spool of thread, and then he would thread the needles. So he asks for a volunteer out of the audience, and who do you think went up on stage? He opened his mouth wide and said, I want to prove that there is no trickery to this trick. What do you see in there? And I said, pyorrhea, and left the stage. Pyorrhea, by the way, is gum disease, in case you didn't know. Now, I found a website on the internet that shared a story told by actress Ruth Gordon. She was apparently in the audience the night Groucho walked up on stage. And what the writer of that article was unaware of is Ruth Gordon, the actress, would go on to play Harry Houdini's mother in the TV movie The Great Houdinis, starring Paul Michael Glazer, Sally Struthers, and Ruth Gordon. Now, I wonder, did Houdini ever have problems with the needle trick? If you recall, when I started this, I talked about my own fear of swallowing a needle, which has completely prevented me from doing the trick. Well, here's an article from November 11, 1940, the Chicago Tribune newspaper via John Cox's website, Wild About Houdini, and the article reads, headline, Houdini's Most Embarrassing Moment. Years ago, I witnessed what were perhaps the most un- most uncomfortable 15 minutes the late Houdini spent during his career as a magician. He was performing at the Princess Theater on South Clark Street, where, besides showing his regular bag of tricks, he was exposing the workings of spiritualistic mediums. He proceeded to do a trick that I had seen him do successfully several times. He swallowed, apparently, a length of thread, then the contents of two packages of sewing needles, drank a glass of water, pounded his chest like a gorilla, and yodeled. But when he started to pull the the string out of his mouth, with the needles nicely threaded, as he had always done, something went wrong. I watched his attendant turn pale. After working feverishly for ten minutes, Houdini managed to extract one needle, then another, until all were accounted for. Then he said, this is the first time that trick has ever failed. The next time, I won't be so gay and yodel so much. And then there's this story about Amadeo Vaca, who was Houdini's secret assistant. Houdini had shared with Vaca his own work on the needle trick, and Vaca later showed Houdini a special twist to the ending. And Houdini loved this twist and was going to include it in his own performances, but he died, Houdini, before he was able to do so. After Houdini passed away, Amadeo Vaca went back on the road performing and he became known for a time as the Needle King. Finally, we have two modern day performers, David Ben and Teller from Penn and Teller. Both men discovered the type of thread used by Houdini. And if memory serves, David Ben purchased all the remaining supply. Apparently, this thread has a special property to it that makes the needle trick easier to do. Both men, David Ben and Teller, and by the way, also Steve Spill, do an incredible job with Houdini's needle trick. I hope you've enjoyed this deep dive into the Houdini Needle mystery. If you have, usually I ask you to like the, uh, the podcast, but I've done a little bit of research, and I discovered that most podcasting services have removed their like feature. Apple Podcasts still has a like button, but it's only for the whole series. You can't like individual uh, episodes. Podbean, which is the service I use, does allow individual likes, but not many people are listening via Podbean. So instead, what you could do if you want, you could go to magicdetectivepodcast.com and click the follow button. Even if you don't listen to it regularly that way, it'll help me rank higher by having more followers. Until next time, I'm Dean Carnegie. I am the magic detective. Be well and stay safe.